Today, we're going to be talking about what happens when things don't go so well in your small business. We're going to be talking about when and how to pull the plug and what that plan looks like. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Hey there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had bankruptcy trustee uh, Doug Hoyes come onto, my, on, onto one of my live streams. And we talked about some of the problems of debt and insolvency in small business. Um, and in that podcast, I mentioned that sometimes I talk to people who know that they need to get out of business and they just don't know how to get out of business. Like they literally don't know, how do I stop this? They've been running on the hamster wheel for so long and they, and they know it's got to stop. They just don't know how. And, and since that interview was published, I've actually gotten quite a few inquiries from people who followed up on that and said, Dave, um, how, how exactly do I do this? And so I wanted to talk about that today uh, because a lot of these people that I've been talking to, they accumulated debts throughout the last couple of years during the whole uh, crisis in, in public health. And now they realize that their business isn't recovering. Uh, they probably realize they need to move on and do something else. And they're looking for help. And so today I want to break that down um, and, and just talk with you and, and give you some of the advice that I give to some of these people that reach out to me. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a small business where you know that you've tried everything that you can and that you know that you're, you can't fix it. You haven't been able to fix it yet. There are debts or you're actively losing money every month and things are getting worse and worse. And moreover than that, your heart's not in it anymore. You've decided, I'm just fed up with this. I'm tired of this. I need to move on and do something else with my life. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to get into some other kind of business. I'm going to go back to the career I used to have before I got into business whatever it is, but you've, you've mentally checked out from an engaged future with this business, right? And you know things need to make a change. So, so what do you do when you reach that point? And the very first thing that I always tell people to do is to make an objective list of all of the different things that you owe and the different parties that are going to be affected by your business closure because the very first thing you have to do is make a closure and or liquidation plan. And so a closure and liquidation plan, you actually list out, you know, the names of suppliers you might owe money to, you list out the banks, the credit cards, et cetera, that have money tied up in your business. You list it all out. You list out everything that you owe. You know, if you had up-to-date, accurate financial statements, this would all be listed on your, on your balance sheet and the liability side. Most people don't have that you know, degree of, of accurate um, snapshot information available to them, a dashboard. But if, uh, but just make it on your own. So you make this list and you're going to have to tackle each one of these items and it's going to require conversations. So the way that you create this plan is you create the outline of the plan, you work through it yourself confidentially on your own. So, and you, and you make estimations. So for example, you say the landlord, 
I've got two and a half years left in my lease. So what is the ramification of me closing my business? Well, you could put in, you know, beside landlord, if you're making a little grid, you can put uh, liability for two and a half years of rent payment. Um, now you could put a number beside that and that would be your complete, you know, total potential liability. And, and whether or not you've personally guaranteed the lease or not, put that beside there too. So you want to be honest with yourself and you're going to create this framework for all of the different potential outcomes and fallout of what it what it's going to mean if you close this business. So you work through it on your own and now you've got probably what we would call your worst case scenario perhaps, okay? Of just locking the door one day and trying to close down. With respect to creditors, you know, if you've personally guaranteed debts, then you're going to put the full amount of those debts. With respect to something like inventory, um, you could say, you know, if I had a going out of business sale or if I took the inventory out of the business and I went to flea markets or put it in a mini storage unit and sold things off through eBay or something, you know, what do you realistically expect you'd be able to generate out of that? Um, and then your staff, you know, do you have employees and are you going to face some kind of obligation to those employees? And you might have to make a phone call to a lawyer about this, because in some jurisdictions, um, if you let someone go, you may owe them severance of some kind. Um, in other jurisdictions, if you shut down the entire business, it's something that may be referred to as a general business closure, uh, in which case you may not be liable for any kind of severance to employees. And so you need to do some research and figure out what are the rules where you happen to be. And so now you've got this, this plan with this worst case scenario of all the potential bad things. The second step in this whole plan is to then verify and confirm or validate with these different counterparties. So for example, the landlord, you could call up the landlord or the landlord's represent, representative and just say, hey, um, I'm calling to let you know that things aren't going that well in my business. And I'm thinking about either selling it or closing it. And I just wanted to ask you, what does that look like from your point of view? What, what would the ramifications be? What are my options, right? And, and you may be very surprised at what they tell you, right? So some of them may say, um, you know, well, if, if you close a business or if you sell the business, we're going to hold you to the, the full extent of the guarantee that you've signed, right? Others may say completely different things. In one example that I have direct responsibility with, uh, one of my clients called their landlord and said, you know, what does it look like if I want to sell or close my business? And the landlord said, I was speaking with your neighbor two months ago. They're looking to expand. If you want to close, let me know. Uh, they'll take your space, right? So that would be an example of, you know, practically no ramification of closing the business with respect to the landlord, right? And so you're going to have to have these conversations and they're not going to be easy conversations, but you want to know where do I stand? What are the potential outcomes? And, and you may not want to reveal to the landlord that you've set a date, for example, that you want to close, but you want to open that conversation and make it known to them that you are considering your options. Because if they get an inquiry, if you're talking about a big landlord that owns a bunch of buildings, for example, they may get an inquiry from someone looking for a space they could call you back and say, we have a new tenant for that space. We can come and, and replace you and release you from your lease, right? So you have a conversation like that with the landlord 
And then you go to your, your bank creditors and you, you say, look, I'm having trouble in the business. I'm thinking about selling it or closing it. What does it look like from your point of view? What is the process? And most people are afraid to have these kinds of con kinds of conversations. And before you talk with a banker about what that might look like, then you may want to talk with someone like Doug Hoyes, a bankruptcy trustee, or maybe a, a lawyer, depending on where you happen to be. Um, and you may also want to have a bank account at another institution, right? Because if they are afraid that you're not going to be able to pay, they may use some kind of right of offset that you agreed to when you open the, the loan account to take other money that you have in the institution. But you want to have a conversation with them and you want to keep the communication open because every lender out there is going to prefer if you come up with some kind of solution rather than putting a hot potato in their plate. Okay. So another quick story. Um, I had a client, he was in the hospitality industry and had borrowed a couple hundred thousand dollars from an institutional lender to open, we'll call it a restaurant. Okay. And it didn't go well. And so he then had to come up with some kind of plan to get himself out of it. So he went to that lender and he said, look, I'm not going to be able to afford to pay back this loan. Um, I'm going to have to get out of this business. You have a lien on everything. I'm going to try to sell this business for as much as I can get for it, but it will not likely cover what I owe. What does that look like? And they said to him, if you can come to us with some kind of solution that doesn't require us to spend a ton of money with lawyers, bailiffs, auctioneers, liquidators, et cetera, we would love that. Please bring us a solution, right? And so he did. He found someone to buy the place off of him. And it was for like a third of what he owed. And, and they were very happy with that. And then they negotiated with him to settle the balance of the debt. And, and so what it takes is that decision. Yes, I am going to close regardless of what happens, regardless of what the outcomes are going to be. I am going to make this decision. I'm going to make things happen. And here's why it's important. If you don't make the decision, if you just keep running on the hamster wheel, what will happen is increasingly these obligations and debts to other people will grow. You'll get low, further and further behind on your, your debts to suppliers, for example. You'll get further and further behind on your other bills. The liabilities will continue to grow and you're going to have a bigger hole to dig yourself out of, right? So the moment you make the decision, you have to make the plan so that you can start to act upon it. So this closure plan should then start to have timelines and dates. So once you get some feedback from some of your most critical liabilities, you can then say, I'm going to lock the door on this date, or I'm going to have and going out a business sale on this date, and I'm going to lock the door on that date, right? So now you have a plan. In a lot of my education programs, like in Business Buyer Advantage, where I talk to people that are trying to buy a business, I will talk to them a lot about BATNA, which is an acronym for Best Alternative to a Negotiated Agreement. So your BATNA, when you're buying a business, might be the job that you have, right? So I know that if I can't work out a deal with the seller, I always have this job. And by understanding your BATNA, you can then um, buffer yourself or, or better protect yourself against doing something that doesn't make sense. So now that you have this liquidation or business closure plan, 
So instead of a business plan, you have a business closure plan that you've created. You now have a BATNA for negotiating with potential business buyers, right? So if you know that the closure will result in, at the end of the day, everything's closed down, yet you still face a liability beyond what you can recover of, say, 50 grand. Well, that would mean that negotiating with a buyer that would lower your liability below that 50 grand threshold would be an advantage to you, right? And so here's why it's important, because there could be somebody that wants to buy a business, even though it has a poor track record and it's been losing money. Like, you know, some of those people that went to buy a business with zero down courses, like you might be able to get one of them to buy your business, for example. So, so you know, you now promote the business for sale. So, and, and here's the key difference between a normal circumstance. Normal people that are out there looking to buy a business want to obtain a cash flow. And if you have a profitable business, you have a timeline where you can just keep the business up for sale while you continue to earn money. In your situation, you've made the decision, I'm getting out of this business, I'm going to close it. And so confidentiality doesn't need to be maintained in this case. So you could literally advertise on a business for sale website, Joe Smith's, you know, whatever business for sale and promote the, the aspects that are positive. You know, this, you know, in business for this many years, this many people in our customer list, this amount of inventory available, this amount of furniture, fixtures, and equipment, these vehicles come with it, et cetera. And then put a price up there with some kind of rationale, right? So if you've got $100,000 worth of inventory and equipment, you can say, you know, we're trying to sell this for 50 grand and we'll consider financing part of that for the right buyer because we need to sell it quickly, right? And open yourself up to offers because in the example that I gave, if your liability after closing is going to be, you know, you're still going to owe 50 grand to everybody else afterwards, well, anything you can do to lower that liability is a win. And that's the way you have to look at it. And you need to attack this business problem with the same zeal and enthusiasm that you had when you got into business. Even though this is a sad or remorseful kind of time period to be in. And probably the, the biggest thing that you have to line yourself up with is just this idea that somehow if the business has failed, that you're a failure, you need to divorce yourself from that. You are not your business. You're a person. A business is a system where people, capital, operate together in a place to produce a product or service for customers um, in a profitable way. And things can change to upset any system, including you know, changes in patterns of, of how the customers behave, changes in demands, changes in, you know, fashion, changes in traffic on the street, you know, all those kinds of things can change so that the system that worked before now all of a sudden doesn't work. And recognizing that and getting yourself out from under it so you can go and do something else with your life is a sign of being a responsible person, of, of being an adult, of, you know, facing up to responsibilities and challenges and, and tackling them. So, these are, you know, some of the things that I cover with people when they approach me in a situation like this. And there was another interview I did a couple of months ago with, uh, with Kenny Butler, um, who talks about helping people to get out from under merchant cash advance debts. So 
if the business is profitable, the debt is the problem, then a bankruptcy trustee or someone like Kenny can probably help you work on the debt and get rid of the debt while the business can learn to, you know, can fight another day, for example. But if, if the business isn't making money and you can't figure out how to fix it, maybe it's time for a new owner or maybe it's time for it just to go away. And you need, once you make this decision, you need to act on it so that you can get to that next chapter of your life, so that you can do the next thing, so that you can rebuild. And the business closure, as you're going through it and as you're winding things up, you know, that initial worst case scenario list that you made, um, you know, some people, they're, they're terrified of that worst case scenario. They see, for example, loans and debts that they've personally guaranteed. And they say, oh my God, if, if I had to pay that myself, I'd end up bankrupt, right? Well, let's look at it from the lender's point of view. From a lender's point of view or a creditor's point of view, um, pursuing you and trying to you know, get every last penny when you are winding up the business and you probably don't have a lot of money or resources, I mean, why would they spend a ton of money pursuing you to get nothing, right? And so at this moment, this is actually your ideal circumstance or your ideal moment when you're going to be able to negotiate your way out of these things um, in the best possible way. And sometimes that may mean getting the help of someone like a bankruptcy trustee uh, or, or an attorney who helps people with bankruptcy, depending on where you happen to live in the world. Uh, but that's all, all those considerations are part of your plan. And once you have the plan, then you have to set the plan in motion to get yourself to the next chapter. And I hope that was helpful. It's not a very happy conversation to have, but increasingly, like I said, I'm meeting people who've been in these circumstances and they're looking at these debts that they've accumulated and they're saying, how do I, how do I fix this? How do I get out of it? Um, all businesses are on the march towards obsolescence as technology and markets and regulation change. If you just look at any industry, businesses either grow and adapt over time or they face that sunset moment. And if you can't figure out how to change the business, you either pass the reins to someone else or you end it. Anyway, hope that helps. If, um, if you are out there in the marketplace and you run into one of these opportunities and you say, hey, you know, is this a way for me to get into business? Uh, well, then what I would recommend is that you learn about buying a business. Head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com where I teach people how to buy businesses in a risk controlled way um, through my online training programs and my group coaching programs. You can learn more about that over at businessbuyeradvantage.com. And um, with that, I'm going to say see you later. We're going to say thank you to today's video sponsor, Mark Willis over at Lake Growth, uh, and then remind you where you can all sign up for my email list. Thanks. Special thanks go to today's video sponsor, Mark Willis of Lake Growth Financial. Mark helps people better manage their personal wealth and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've gotten lots of positive feedback from people I've worked with over the years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find a playlist of all the interviews I've done with Mark and to learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up to arrange a conversation about what this solution might look like for you. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. 
head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos.